0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public, free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash
1: donate. Back in early November, we first heard... Kit Knightley on our program, editor of The Off Guardian. And we were talking back then about an article um, at around that time that he had written the Israel-Hamas war already pushing the Great Reset agenda. That was what we were talking about last time. So back in 2024 now, Kit Knightley is back with us. Hi, Kit. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Paul. Nice to be back. No shortage of uh, topics to talk about. What we were talking about uh, back in November is still raging away. It's fair to say. But um, before we get into some of those topics, Assange, Tucker Carlson, Putin, um, Alexei Navalny, other stuff, just explain to our listeners again what The Off Guardian is.
0: Well, um, it's an independent media and journalism website which um, was started in 2015 by a collection of people. Who all found themselves being banned from the the actual Guardian's comment section for saying the wrong thing? Yeah. Uh, at first, it was just meant to be a place to post comments that the Guardian wouldn't post, but then it became home to longer form articles, and and eventually people started sending us originals, and and of course we started writing our own longer form articles, and it just it just snowballed from there, and now it's it's just its own thing.
1: Do they get grumpy that you've got sort of their name in your name?
0: <laughs> um that's interesting actually um they sort of are rather dedicated to pretending we don't exist people used to post comment people used to post links to our articles in the guardian comment section and they would be wiped out immediately um and i know i do know that some people from the guardian have read stuff we've written because um for example i i once made a joke about owen jones which he referenced Not specifically, Uh, but he definitely referenced in a column he wrote. Um, So I know they know, but they pretend that they don't. Yeah, so they're looking. They're
1: looking. All right. Um, Thanks for that. Now, let's start with Julian Assange. And we're right in the middle of this, um, the events taking place where you are in the UK. We're watching from afar. A lot of us have a sinking feeling that he will be extradited to the US, but maybe uh, British justice will throw up something uh different from that so not getting much coverage in our mainstream media here no surprise it is the i guess the the biggest journalism related story on the planet right now it has been for a while so from where you are is this the biggest story right now how's it being reported
0: um it's probably among the biggest um it's it's being reported I would say slightly differently than it has been for a while. Um, There's a little bit more sympathy for Assange coming from places like the Guardian and the Independent, the sort of quote unquote liberal papers than you would expect, which might mean that he doesn't get extradited or it might mean they're just trying to protect their reputations. I'm not sure which.
1: Okay. Um, What's being said about his health?
0: Um, I haven't seen anything really specific about his health except that his, he's not attending court because he's not well. But I don't know, that's difficult to judge because it's not just about him. They're also, of course, trying to, been, since COVID, they've been trying to normalize the idea of legal proceedings in absentia, which right. is actually a, a rather dangerous and an unpleasant precedent to set up. But the Assange case is always used as that because of his health.
1: What you must have a some thoughts on this. What, how bad it is what he has done? Because it sounds like, I mean, that Chelsea Manning, who who was involved in that too, has since been pardoned, released. So obviously, it wasn't the data involved there, otherwise, um, he, he'd be treated differently. What What has he got on them? What
0: did he do? Do you think? Well, I think it's not necessarily just about him if you see what i mean it's um it's to encourage the others it's um you know look this guy published stuff he wasn't supposed to publish and look what happened to him this is you know a warning sign to everybody um i don't know why they've gone after him more than edward snowden for example who is in yeah russia I mean, he doesn't get anything like the amount of flack that Julian Assange gets. Um, obviously, he's not going to be extradited from Russia, but they never really make any attempt to. So I'm not exactly sure what the difference is. Um, I suppose it's something to do with being the publisher as opposed to being the leaker. That you, If you go after publishers, it doesn't matter what the leakers do, because whatever they leak, nobody will ever publish it.
1: But it's a change, it's a change from how it used to to be because you know you think back to Pentagon Papers and um, Watergate and all of that. Um, well, they I were mean, he- they were heroes for publishing.
0: <laughs> well, the Watergate scandal is actually something I found out quite recently isn't exactly the way it's been portrayed. Oh, really? Um, it's quite quite interesting. A few years ago, when Donald Trump got talking about the deep state. There was an article written in um, the Wall Street Journal explaining what how America doesn't have a deep state. And it used as an example the Deep Throat situation with Watergate. I'm not sure if you probably do know, but I'll just run it down quickly. Deep Throat was the um, assistant head of the FBI, and he was the guy that leaked Watergate papers to Woodward and Bernstein at the Washington Post. His real name was eventually you know, eventually came out decades after the fact, and he was uh, basically second to J. Edgar Hoover at the FBI. It, we but found out wasn't... about him after he died, right, basically? Um, I believe so, yes. Yep. And I'm, I'm afraid I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, But he was, this was not his first contact with Robert, um, with Bob Woodward. Um, the whole reason Woodward was working at the Washington Post was that Deep Throat, before he was Deep Throat, Told him he should pursue a career in journalism. Before that, Woodward worked in the navy. Ah. So, uh, just a year beforehand, basically, Woodward had never been a journalist. He left. He worked at some minor newspapers. Got hired at work, the Washington Post, and then the same guy that told him to go into journalism leaked information to him. So it could have been an extension of Operation Mockingbird. Where so he they, was um,
1: he was put there. He was placed.
0: Well, he he was encouraged to be there. Um, yeah, certainly. And then and then he got the big scoop that brought Nixon down. And, of course, Nixon had his own conflicts with the deep state and various things, mainly about um, dealing with China, which mm. Hoover and the CIA objected to. So it could be seen that Watergate was actually a very soft coup in order to get rid of Nixon. Yeah, I wouldn't um, not
1: entertain that. Interesting thing is that um, Woodward and Bernstein, isn't it, is that yeah. the, the two, they were Trump derangement syndrome sufferers. You'd think, um, given their oh, massively their history, that <laughs> that, that they um, they would have smelled the rat there, but they they seem to miss that one. Yeah, exactly. Okay, fascinating. All right, what do you think Assange's chances are then of uh, of well, I don't know, not being extradited or extradited, however you want to ask the question
0: well unfortunately for him as it is for a lot of people i don't think it has anything to do with him or or regard for fairness or justice it's it will be purely based on how they want to tell the story and how they want the story to affect other people if they want to portray for example if they feel like british justice for want of a better word needs a win (laughs) they might not extradite him and then trumpet in all the papers about how incredibly fair and brilliant the british legal system is yeah or if if it's determined that maybe biden needs a win they could send him over to america and then biden can pardon him in his magnanimity uh, oh okay i hadn't thought of that one um it, it just depends what story they want to tell and 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 Julian like so many other people is just sort of stuck in the middle of of narrative spinners
1: why do you think Trump didn't pardon him? And I'm thinking also of Mike Pompeo, who said nasty things about Assange. But you would have thought that Trump would have would have warmed to that, but that didn't happen.
0: I don't know. I mean, I know he, Trump didn't do half of the things he said he was going to do. Trump just said things, and yeah, okay, yeah. And and let's look at Gonzalo Lira. He was left to die. They didn't lift a finger for him. It seems. Yes, yeah, so. so the, the um the lack of traction that got is surprising considering he was a, he was an American who yeah. died in, in Ukraine. Um, you'd think there'd be more outcry. but again, it was inconvenient to the, the mainstream story at the time. So it just got to bit brushed under the carpet. Yeah. Gee. All right,
1: let's move on to the Tucker Carlson-Vladimir Putin interview. Uh, I've watched the interview. It's just over two hours long. Um, what did you think of that interview? Did we learn anything, do you think? Um,
0: we didn't learn anything about Putin or from Putin that Putin hasn't been saying for a long time. His points, both the reasonable ones and the unreasonable ones, are you know very familiar to anyone that's been covering Ukraine since it kicked off in 2014, and a lot of them are fair and historically accurate. I think the most important message to take away from that is the, the shift in the way the media works. Now, Tucker Carlson's Putin interview had something like 150 million views in a couple of days Mm. which is 10 or 20 times maybe even 100 times um what um the average cable network news program gets on american television this shows like a shift in where people are paying attention and tucker Carlson's presence on the new media platform to get that attention is very much a shift uh, possibly the first of many of uh, mainstream figures moving into new media platforms to try and take control of the the internet media, which is a very important rising power. Well, it's eclipsing like, the older legacy form,
1: isn't it? Really, exactly,
0: exactly. And and I think the establishment in general underestimated that during COVID. I think they underestimated the amount of resistance, the amount the way information could spread on those new platforms and new networks, and that's part of the reason they had to abandon the COVID drive and the switch from COVID to climate, which is stalled out. So I think before they do, whether the, you know the next pandemic with a capital N, capital P, or climate lockdowns or whatever they plan to do next, institute other stages of the Great Reset, they're trying to undermine and control the new media network and that's going to involve putting leaders in place that can direct the conversation more and I think yeah. Tucker Carlson could easily be one of those.
1: Okay, right, because um him leaving Fox has given him a whole new life and yeah. you mentioned those view numbers and also I noticed Alex Jones who's on X now getting huge view numbers like massive, you know. Um Yeah. So um, that's a threat then to the propagandists of the the globalists, isn't it? Huge. Yeah. Even if even if he's a sort of a plant, still just to, to have that sort of coverage of Putin. Um, I've heard some criticisms of it, and I wonder what you think. First of all, the the, the journo types panned the history lesson that Putin gave. I found that quite interesting, so I'm offside with that um it seems that attention spans aren't quite long enough but i thought it was good to have a historical perspective because before that i didn't know
0: what do you think of that oh well yeah i mean i mean putin is if nothing else always historically literate and his version isn't always like agreed with a lot of it is true um the the whole like nato promised not to expand eastward yeah. thing that's mm. completely true you can um find american sources from the time to back that up they always say, well, it wasn't a formal promise or anything, but it is true. But I think more interesting than that is the fact that the Russian point of view was given a platform to get 150 million views, which it simply would not have been in 2014 or 2015 or 2016 or possibly any year up to now. It certainly wasn't given that much attention when Oliver Stone did his long-form interview with Putin back in 2017. Right. Yeah. Um
1: and that and was I, I, a really interesting interview too. I I watched that.
0: That was yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um and I think that's because they want people engaged in the um what you would call a, a a fake binary. They don't mind people taking the Russian side in some ways because Russia is selling a lot of the same things that our side is selling. Russia has got the COVID vaccines, Russia is going to have the digital money, Russia is going to have the digital ID and the mass surveillance and all of that. So, in some ways, the taking a, a further position on Ukraine is all right and acceptable, as long as you're not talking about digital money, digital surveillance, okay. digital IDs, and that yep. kind of thing. Yeah.
1: And they didn't really talk about that. No. Uh, um, the other uh, criticism was that he didn't really sell this as Putin in the interview or take advantage of the opportunity to kind of sell himself to the American public. But really, does he need
0: to do that anyway? I was wondering.
1: Well,
0: I mean, out of nine years of writing about Putin, I would say he quite deliberately has never done that. Um, for example, he speaks English, Yeah, um, but he, he refuses to do some interviews quite pointedly um i think that's quite interesting um another criticism i saw is that he didn't really go after any really hard targets like he didn't attack the west on julian Assange, for example and he didn't um didn't discuss israel and gaza which is a you know a quite easy hypocrisy label to sling at america certainly for arming arming Israel and and so on. So it, in, in that way it demonstrates and of course uh, carlson has got attacked not asking any tough questions. So it demonstrates there was a sort of controlled and quite friendly agreement about, you know, it will be a it will be a bit of a soft interview in general. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, you're not going to get a gotcha moment with him. No. No. no don't even try. He'd probably walk out if you tried that. Okay, so massive distribution. Um, and at this point of the Ukraine war, as we're talking, I think, uh, Advika, is that how you say it? The sort of city gateway to the Donbass has fallen. The Russians have taken that. It looks like um, the place is uh, Ukraine is, well, it's on its knees, really, isn't it? They Even if they get their money, what happens? If they don't, I guess the everything collapses. So... Um, that the timing of that interview and where that conflict is now, is there anything that connects the two or is it?
0: Well, I think, I think, I think they might be getting ready to actually wind down the conflict in Ukraine in general. I think, um, it's it's a sign that, you know, getting, getting the Russian point of view out there might be the first point. Oh, like
1: climbing down from it kind of way. Yeah
0: yes uh, okay yeah um scaling it down in, uh, I, and i don't know exactly i mean it's it's funny the, the news follows these very particular cycles um and no matter what the stories are the story the big story of the year you know covid or whatever usually happens in march it's like the, the media goes to sleep over the winter yeah and then dozes through the summer and the big stories always happen in spring and autumn i don't know why but if you like take a like a take steps back and watch the meta picture that is always how it rolls so i don't think we'll see exactly where the ukraine story is going to go until late march or early april um and that will give us a clue about the direction for the media discourse probably for the rest of the year
1: i um, getting on yeah, back to, to media and uh, what you were saying before, with um, I guess if you if you're wanting to con- stay in control of independent media or or, or manage the move to that, you, you like you say you put people in certain positions. Um, a story that's um, we've heard about this week is is the fallout from GB News having that Q and A with the Prime Minister and Ofcom five hundred complaints, all you know kind of lockstep and there's a, a feeling, I guess, that they're trying to take GB News out and use the um, regulator to do it. What's being said about about that?
0: I um, have to say I don't entirely see it in that straightforward way. I don't okay. think they're trying to take GB News out. I think they're trying to give GB News um, some anti-establishment bona fides. Like, look, we must be—we must be telling the hard truth because the government is trying to shut us down, and and the government won't shut well, them down. So this is
1: another manip- kind of manipulation.
0: I think it's always wow. It's always safe to be skeptical and to assume it could be a manipulation, especially if you know how the people in charge work. I mean, it's 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 a sort of it's a sort of lower budget Tucker Carlson situation. Tucker Carlson gets fired from Fox and and told, oh. You're terrible, and you think all these terrible things. And he spends a few months doing the podcast tour, saying stuff he never would have said when he was at Fox no, about really JFK, K, yeah, totally. and nine eleven, even even UFOs. But yep. what that does is establish his his anti-establishment
1: credentials. Oh, yeah. Well, as, when you lay it out like that, you can kind of see the <clears throat> how you you might arrange those things. Given something to think about there. Well, well, how about the way um, it's being reported? The death of Alexei Navalny. He's been sort of um, put up as some sort of, you know, great opposition figure in Russia. But if you sort of look around a bit, you know, he was, you know, he was kind of uh, involved in murky stuff and his his wife suddenly being, you know, right there to take over. People are suspicious about what happened, you um, yeah. To him. It's best um, to have him take, you know,
0: not there anymore, I suppose, if you want to Well, unfortunately, um people like that. Uh, when um when the CIA and people such as the CIA pick their assets, they generally look for a combination of three things, which is um ambition, ego, and a certain amount of stupidity. People who don't ever quite realize there's going to come a point where i might be more valuable dead than alive like Um, Zelensky, for example like zelensky zelensky is a, a classic example um and navalny it was always true navalny um was had more ambition than he had brains and he was never ever going to be president of russia or anything like that but there was certainly going to come a point where he was more valuable as another Litvinenko. Than as some kind of Russian political opposition, which he never really was in reality, anyway. Um he was in some ways more famous outside Russia than in Russia. He certainly had more like support outside Russia than in Russia. Yeah. Though, the, only, the, the, only real on. question, the only real question is what actually happened to him, which we can't really be sure about at the moment, whether or not he definitely is dead. Or um he got Epsteined in in one way or another, whether he got suicided or quote unquote suicided and was you know given some deal to go off somewhere we will ne- we probably will never know well some have speculated and, that that his family would
1: have collapsed um if he was because uh, there was talk of a prisoner swap that he might have been involved in I heard anyway. yeah, there, there was a rumor about that for a little while beforehand yeah but he um, but he loses all his appeal if he's because first of all he have to admit that he is a sort of a kind of a prisoner I suppose but um, and his family would have, because uh, I think there's a daughter in Stanford University. And didn't, um, um, uh, the Russian foreign minister allude to people with kids in American universities and, um, Lavrov recently? I didn't hear that actually, no. Yeah, no, but, he didn't. Um, so the timing for that was interesting. It's about a week or so he, he mentioned that. But, um, uh, you know, they would have been destitute. Maybe he made a deal that you know the family could carry on if he took himself out. Who knows? But that uh, the his wife was like right there, like good to go. You know. Yep.
0: Oil he spray. died. Boom. Death announced on the the dawn of the Munich Security Conference, at which his wife was a guest and she made a speech. Quite long speech, which she must have written in the car on the way over. Um, yeah, right,
1: but dealing with her grief at the same time. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. The question, I suppose, is what was she doing there if he hadn't died? I don't know what she would have talked about, but um, presumably she has another speech that she'd already thrown away, in which she talks about Navalny not being dead. Um, yeah. It was a very, I mean, if it is as we are told it happened, it was a bizarre decision from Russia to kill him just before the Munich Security Conference, just as Putin is getting some good, you know, obviously that doesn't make any sense from their point of view. But if there is a certain amount of collusion on the, you know, asset swapping or narrative setting thing, it makes a bit more sense. Yeah, okay.
1: Well, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for sure. So what are you going to be looking out for um obviously you're going to be um keeping a close eye on Assange, like we all will um there's um Ukraine is the really interesting thing in your part of the world though isn't it right now uh, a lot could um, happen there
0: Surely, in a very short time potentially generally speaking what i keep an eye on these days is stuff that isn't really discussed in in the mainstream like on the front pages okay um, like what um, I'm keeping my ears up for talk of um, climate change um, legislation or um, digital currencies. There's going to be a big move on digital currencies this year. Just the whole, the whole way the global world government basically is going to be taking shape. Is all happening. They've learned a lesson from COVID, and they've just put it all on the back pages, basically. Like it's, it will be Ukraine and Assange and Israel on the front pages. On the back pages, it will be like, oh, by the way, we've passed some law that says you're not allowed to move ten feet from your house without a digital collar on, or something like that. Yeah. No. Hear, um, yeah. So, so Dazzle
1: us with, with all the obvious stuff. Well, exactly. And they've learned that they've they've sort of uh, road tested all all of this in in the real world just very recently. Yeah. Crikey. All right. (laughs) A lot to think about there. Um, Thanks a lot for coming back on our radio station, Kit Knightley, editor of the alternative news site, Off Guardian. Great to talk
0: with you again. No problem at all. Always fun to be here.
1: The RCR shop has great gift ideas from great looking tees, hoodies, caps, tote bags, bumper
0: stickers and more, the RCR shop is now open at www.reactive.com.